From the School of Education at the University of Wisconsin-Platteville, this is the Proud Rural Teacher Podcast, and I'm your host, Jessica Brogley. Support for this podcast comes from the Rural Schools Collaborative, a national nonprofit committed to strengthening the bonds between schools and communities. Funding is part of the collaborative's I Am a Rural Teacher campaign. You can learn more about RSC online at ruralschoolscollaborative.org. This episode of the Proud Rural Teacher podcast is brought to you by Soundtrap for Education. Soundtrap for Education is a cloud-based sound recording tool that allows for easy capture, editing, and collaboration. Soundtrap for Education is the preferred audio recording tool of the Proud Rural Teacher podcast. Find out more about Soundtrap for Education at soundtrap.com forward slash edu. So today you're meeting a former student of mine, Cassie Miller, and her colleague, Matt Lansing, from Maquokina High School in eastern Iowa. So initially I'd asked for this interview because I read a Facebook post from Cassie singing the praises of their FFA alumni and celebrating the construction progress made on their new agriculture learning center. But as this interview went on, I was truly blown away, really, by the level of support and opportunity these two educators provide their students Maquokita High School is in eastern Iowa, um, approximately halfway between Dubuque to the north and Davenport to the south. The high school has just 620 students in 9th through 12th grade, and the town itself is under 6,000 people. It's a small rural school and community, and yet they move forward. This is a rural community with driven educators who have devoted time to create robust agriculture education opportunities and an excellent FFA program. And their FFA alumni not only share the same drive, but push to make it happen. Cassie and Matt, thanks for being here today. Let's start off with some introductions. Who are you and what's your background? Um, so like you said, I'm Cassie Miller. I actually grew up here in Maquoketa on a diversified grain and livestock farm where we milked cows and had beef and all that good stuff. So um, went to college at UW-Platteville for ag education. And so then I taught at Midland um, there for a year. And then I came to Maquoketa for my homeschool. So it's only my second year teaching. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I did go to Platteville. So if anyone wants to come <laughs> student teach here, that would be oh, nice, wonderful. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll yeah. make sure to pass that on. Cassie, who did you bring with you today? Matt Lansing, this is year 17. Um, this is the year four at Maquoketa. Two years before that, I was at Southwest Tech in Farm Business Management Program. And 11 years before that, I was at Western Dubuque High School in Epworth. Glad to be at Maquoketa. We have a lot of stuff that's going on. We have a alumni that's really pushed for the Ag Learning Center, which hopefully you can get some photos and maybe a little bit of video of that we can share with you, um, mm -hmm. which should be completed here on March of 2021. So... Nice. That is awesome. What an exciting spring coming up for you guys. Do you consider Maquokina to be an agricultural community? 100% agricultural, but as the struggle with any small town, the town's about 6,000 people. Um, there's less and less farm kids um, for multiple reasons. Obviously, smaller families, um, farmers are getting, or farms are getting bigger, so there's less families to begin with. Um, so I, we are agricultural, but I think we're still playing the, the card that we have to show kids what agricultural is because mm -hmm. I think it's different to everyone and they don't understand, you know, they, you know, it, 
being from a small ag town, it's like, well, I don't want to be a farmer. Well, that's not what necessarily ag is teaching. So get involved and same with FFA too, I'd say. Right. Yeah. So. That's yeah. The stereotype of, of FFA and egg classes are only for farm kids is it's a stereotype that's been around for a long time and it still is definitely not broken. Mm -hmm. And the diversity and, and opportunity in agriculture is uh, it, it's remarkable. The different careers and things that if a kid has a passion for that, that they can do with, with support from people like you guys. So talk to me about the agricultural education program at McCokina High School. What classes do you offer students? Well, um, I'll start with that. We are a very unique program here in Iowa. We actually have been getting a harder and harder time trying to find industrial tech um, instructors. Um, this is, like I said, my fourth year, and we've been through three of them since I've been here. Um, so what they've done different, when Cassie came on board, we shifted everything to um, an ag mechanics, uh, what we call SIP code for our State Department of Education. Um, so everything falls under the ag ed model now um, in the wood shop. And then we also do small engines, advanced diesel engines, um, and ag uh, engineering uh, that all fall under that area. Plus then we also have another SIP code that is our general ag for our normal, what we call a normal ag program. So this is uh, the third year for that. So is it third year or second, second year for that? Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how it starts. As far as classes go in my area, we have general woods, carpentry, building and construction, and then advanced woodworking. Um, this year we did offer a Pinterest class that which Cassie co-teaches with to um, attract some more females into the wood shop and that kind of world to explore the more crafty side, I guess is what I'd call it, and um, more the, uh, the home improvement projects or whatever you call it. Um, and then we, we also within that, we have small engines, um, ag mechanics and advanced engines. So we have a mechanical track that goes with that as well. So that's my side um, for this year. It's going to change a lot as the new Ag Learning Center comes on board too. So Yeah. And so this year um, I offered um, a couple sections of intro to ag. We have animal science, food science. Um, I'm teaching a principles of technology course as well. And then uh, this is the first year that we're doing eighth grade ag. Uh, and we got it down in the middle school, which is pretty exciting. And it's um, a good thing to get the kids excited. And, and they kind of ask, you know, is this our intro class for high school? And I say, no, actually, this is just a basic ag course. And so they're very excited about it. And the middle school has also um, redone their outdoor classroom. So this year or this semester, we're hoping to do, you know, raise garden beds, do some landscaping around the school, and just to get them active and more hands-on hands -on projects and learning to get them excited about things. Now with the new Egg Learning Center, we are planning on adding, you know, greenhouse courses, some horticulture courses, um, landscape design, things like that. I know your department is going through a lot of change, which we'll get to in just a little bit, but I am curious overall, how do you see your curriculum and lessons as impacting your students? I, I think that's yet to be determined because I'm, <laughs> this is only my fourth year here and I've been kind of going through with some courses that might not have been what I consider ideal, um, but verse, I knew there was gonna be a change coming, so I didn't mess with that many classes. Um, I think that we're going to have a lot of courses that are going to be very impactful in the future, especially with the greenhouse and some of the stuff we can do with that. Um, just the, that whole facility in general, our food science will be able to really ramp up. Um, our animal science and um, plant science 
We'll have actually a lab where we'll be able to bring in things, make it dirty, clean it all up without having much of an issue. Then also, um, we have a, a really nice sized shop that if we want to bring anything in as well, we can we can do a lot of things there. So I think that's yet to be determined. Um, from my perspective, I like um, doing a lot of hands-on things uh, with the students. So I think all the classes we try to make as hands-on as possible. Um, and we try to engage the students so that they're they want to be there um like everything we still have some students that might not have signed up for the class and we're placing there and there might be a little bit of a struggle but for the most part we try to get all those kids to buy into what we're trying to do so yeah i agree definitely hands-on experiences um and opportunities for them but you know I, I feel like a lot of kids are connecting to once we get them involved in FFA and they have those experiences in there, it does carry over to the classroom and it allows us to intertwine and intermingle them, um, you know, which is all part of the AGED model. So it, it works out. But um, just like today, I feel like I said I had an awesome lesson in my animal science class and it was, I really honestly have felt like it was been really hard to have those moments this year and it was a, definitely a win in my books. And so but it was hands-on and it got them up and moving and they were playing a game and they were excited. And so it, that's what makes teaching fun, so. Last year we did feral pigs in our in our shop. So we do try to bring in some livestock once in a while, trying to get animals in, live animals in, livestock in, um, pets, whatever it takes to get more hands-on experience for kids. Veterinary career is, is getting short in a hurry. And then there's so many people exiting the ag world that we need young talent to step in and uh if we're not exposing them to it here they're never going to get there so mm -hmm. um, that's kind of the way we look at it i love this idea it, it goes beyond the single day show and tell kind of concept and raising that animal there the students are able to learn from you proper care and and how to finish out this animal yeah kids loved it they had to give shots and dock tails and clip teeth and when we showed them why we do it they had a better understanding where they weren't criticizing why the mm -hmm. industry does mm -hmm. it so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah advocacy and education absolutely i've been following your ffa organization uh with the work you've been doing this fall you've continued to move forward despite the pandemic what opportunities have your kids been able to take advantage of so this year it has been very hard very hard and we've ran into some struggles and some learning curves i guess you could say um but the kids are they want to do stuff and they are, they were coming to the school year hot and heavy, ready to be involved in something because they've just, they haven't had the opportunity. And so that helped us in our um, quest, I guess, to get people involved in, in doing activities. Um, and so we have um, been able to do our own green hand fire up just at our, our school level. Um, we've done farmer's meals to get kids involved. We've tried to do some fun chapter meetings, some fun night meetings like pumpkin carving. Um, they did a fun night. Um, on Sunday, we're going bowling, stuff like that. We get approval to do as long as we follow the social distancing guidelines. That's why we're, we're trying to do more things on our local level. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that we're not where I would like to see us, obviously, by any means. Um, and it takes a lot of time to grow a, a program. But I think we're in the in a good direction. And yeah. this year we have 35 freshmen who are excited and they want to do stuff. And so that gives me a lot of hope for, you know, their, their next four years and beyond. Yeah, very good foundation. We have sub-districts coming up on President's Day on February 15th. And two schools that were supposed to be hosting it ahead of us 
and both of the schools were kind of balking at doing it and the teachers uh, were having a hard time and stuff. We held that same contest last spring before COVID hit. So we're stepping up again and we're having face-to-face -face leadership uh, contests in, literally in about four weeks here. So uh, that's a positive. We have everything filled except for the team events, which again, we're, we're questioning if we'll even do the team events because there's so much letdown uh -huh. if someone is quarantined or whatnot. So we'll do all uh -huh. the individual stuff for sure. Um, and then and then we're building it from there. So it's, again, keeping it local, keeping it fun, and trying to keep those kids interested. So I think that's great. I love to hear that um, you're still helping kids develop their, their skills um, and passion for agriculture in whatever way you possibly can. So how do you support SAE projects for your students? Who, who all does them? And how are your students supported during the school day with their SAE projects and development? On most years, um, not being a COVID year, um, the way I taught about two years ago, I started implementing this where we had SAE Fridays. So we're on an AB block schedule. So like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday is all the same class. Tuesday, Thursday is a different class. And then the following week it switches. So that Tuesday, Thursday means on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So um, we did FFA Fridays is what I called them. And that was the time for us to keep our, up, our record books up to date as much as possible. And uh, we one week we might work on uh, SAE record books. Um, for two weeks in a row and then the next time we might do like the dairy products contest in all the classes so the kids could see what was going on in them so um, it really became like a fun friday is what they kind of started calling it mm -hmm. but um this year with being virtual on fridays it's been a struggle <laughs> for sure anything going on the sae side of mm -hmm. things um all the kids are expected to have them our upperclassmen um, are pretty good about doing them one thing that cassie's will mention she'll talk about she's bringing over a couple things that she, she did at midland which i think are great ideas um, outside of the school day too i, I think sae is important um, they are changing sae for all so i think that's something that's really really good we do implement the aet system here at makokita um, which mm -hmm. is paid for um, uh, out of our fa account right now but we also have a regional planning committee that will pay for that money uh, for kids doing the record books. So we try to implement it as much as we can. Um, I'd say as far as the percentage of students that have one active and going, we're probably above 50%, but you got to remember, we also cover between the two of us, probably 240, 50 kids in our wow. school. So um, um, not all of those are super excited about FFA. <laughs> so any kid that takes our class, um, they're automatically in FFA. And so that has helped us tremendously, I feel like, um, because our uh i guess social economic so group is large yeah and mm -hmm. so it's not a barrier for the kids to um do that but with that i think some kids struggle with an sae because they don't have the opportunity um or the resources to necessarily get them started or um do some of the things that other kids are but uh i this year in my intro class i implemented the SAEs with my with my students um, and they all filled out the AET and they started it and some of them it was very basic but it just gave them an idea of how simple it truly can be like someone wanted to do um, a raised garden bed at a at a local park and I was like that's a great idea absolutely mm -hmm. and so it's a matter of getting them excited about it and I said you know once we get the greenhouse that's a really great thing for you to do and yeah. and okay. use those opportunities so I, I like to push SAE. Um, I think it's important for kids to have it, uh, but it's a matter of uh, allowing them and providing them the resources, I guess, as well when doing it. But um, like Matt said from Midland, I 
uh, they were always doing SAE work nights. And so they would do them once a month. And so we would basically, you know, bring food for the kids and they would come after practices and it allowed them to have the record book up to date. Um, mm -hmm. And which is a huge, a huge factor if they're wanting to, you know, get a proficiency award, their Iowa degree and all of that good stuff as well. The piggyback up, we have about 65% free and reduced lunch. That's a huge number here, Makokita. Um, the first year I was here, I was so frustrated because I'd ask kids to be involved. I'm like, well, we can't afford it. You know, we can't afford to pay our FB dues. We can't afford to, to go places. And, and we tried to eliminate as much as that as possible. Traveling is generally 100% free. Um, to get kids involved if they want to go to an FA event. If we have, um, you know, an SAE travel day, we'll provide transportation for all that or whatever it might be. Um, so that we try to eliminate as many of those barriers as possible to get kids involved and in, in going. So it's, it's a challenge, but once you get them going, they generally get hooked. Yeah. So. Like I told a student today, I said, just give me like six months of your time. Just let me try and buy <laughs> in for, give me six months. <laughs> nice. So, nice. So he said, he said, maybe I'll come to bowling. With that though, like bowling on Sunday, we always tell them bring a friend. You know, they don't need to be an FFA to come enjoy the, the stuff, but then hopefully next year they'll think about signing up for a class too. So nice, nice. Sounds like it's an excellent way to provide support for the kids in during the school day and even in the evening, but also build your program. Yep. And that kind of leads us to the uh the new building. Um, I see that your school's adding on to your department with the Ag Learning Center. Did I get that right? Yeah. Yep. All right, what is it? Try to give me a verbal tour. I have seen photos. I scrolled through your Facebook page until I found the plans and <laughs> it, it looks wonderful. So try to describe what it's gonna look like. Um, well, first off, we'll back up. This has been um, a former students, like Cassie mentioned, um, have kind of started the whole thing, talking about it almost 10 years ago now. And their parents who are actively on our alumni board um, or uh, alumni committee, they started pursuing it. Um, they got some traction and went to the school board and asked if they could start doing some fundraising for this. Um, and uh, it got off the ground. They originally thought the whole plans when I was hired four years ago was gonna cost about $400,000. And we're about a million, maybe 1.1 over that amount. So um, oh. it's, it's a $1.5 million project um that has a, a roughly 30 by 60 greenhouse um we have roughly a 30 um let me get my dimensions right 38 by 48 um food science classroom which i'd classify as like a, a family concern science classroom a home ec classroom it's gonna have five kitchenettes in it fully functional um sinks you name it um dishwashers and 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 uh ovens in it so it's gonna be really really nice um, plus off the side, a teaching area. Um, that room will also have a big island, which we are just talking about earlier today. Um, it's going to have a camera pointed down. So if any demonstrations happen right there, they'll have, uh, be able to record it and also put it on a big screen TV. Um, we're hoping mm -hmm. to be able to get kids so they can actually function and see what's going on at all times. Um, so that's the first room. The next room is going to be a plant science and animal science laboratory is what we're calling it. Um, again, that room is like 32 by 48, so another large room. Um, originally, we had cabinets planned for the whole, all the way around the, the one wall or two walls. Um, with budget, we, we have removed cabinets for now, but they will be going in there as we move forward. Um, but that is a drain throughout the middle of the floor where if we have to go in and wash stuff down, um, mm -hmm. it's 100% clean room. 
Um, and then the last portion is uh, a 36 by 60 shop um, that is attached right to it as well. So, and this butts right up to our high school. It comes right off the, the what hallway would you call that? Our band hallway, yeah. I guess what I'd call it. Um, <laughs> it sits in between our high school and the community college. Uh, we have like a regional community college building on our campus as well. Um, so the hallway that runs through this building, the kids going to the community college will actually walk through the ag building to get to the community college. So I think that's going to provide a whole nother avenue of recruitment mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. because we actually in the hallway, it's going to be our hall of fame. So all our awards uh, and banners will be hung up as well as um, on the backside of the animal science classroom, there's going to be like a, a showcase that you can access from the classroom. So we're talking mm -hmm. like incubating eggs, incubating chicken eggs and whatnot, having baby chicks. And so there's going to be a little display case that students can access, but um, they can see kind of what's going on uh, throughout that world. So I figured nice. we're going to try as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what do you currently have for classroom space? Uh, we're currently sitting in uh, roughly about a 28 by, I want to say it's 28 by 32 classroom. Um, and this year with social distancing is, is, really tight it sounds big but it's really tight um we have a shop that is 24 by 38 um that's attached we have a uh office behind us here that's just a small office which ends up being a storage room if you're not actually um <laughs> you know if you're teaching all the time on office is is very rarely used then we have a little modified storage closet would you call it that yeah it, the room's probably 15 by 18 maybe that has a sink in it that I actually installed and two <laughs> ovens uh, installed in there with a big uh, table in the middle, but that's kind of our food science area. So oh, wow. um, it, it is not anywhere close to what we're going to have. Uh, yeah. And then also we do have the wood, whole wood shop, but that's not going to be moved. That's going to stay where it's at. Um, mm -hmm. The only thing that's going to be moved over to that shop is some of our small engine uh, equipment and tools. It sounds like your FFA alumni has been phenomenal. They have. They're the ones that spearheaded this whole thing, which has been great. Uh, they also, before I got here, they'd also help support with some traveling and things. Done any of that, and I, per my request, because I want them to focus on, if they're going to focus on this building, let's get the building done. Um, because I think some people were on the board for a long time really pushing for this. And so it's kind of their light legacy, you know, they, they want to see it come to fruition. And, and with that, I think um, we might have some people um, elect to get off after this is done, which I understand because they've, they've contacted numerous people raised, uh, I can't remember dollar amount, half million dollars or so um, to make this project come to life. Um, you know, attending numerous board meetings and the whole nine yards. So uh, they've been very, very active in, in that project. So um, we also, they, they do a lot of fundraising. Uh, they do a fish fry, which will be coming up on FFA week. Um, and we'll help out with that. We provide all the help to, to actually run that. Um, they used to do an auction, like a consignment auction, but they stopped doing that. And then they implemented a couple of years ago. This would have been their second annual this past fall, but um, with COVID, they didn't do it. But they uh, did a steak dinner. Um, which they sold 300 some tickets. Um, I can't remember for 30 or $40 a ticket. Plus they had an auction there. And the first year they did it, they were able to clear almost $17,000 in one night. So wow. um, they, they have the connections in the community and they have the, the support. So it generally goes really well when they want to do something. 
Awesome. When do you move into the new building? My guess is it's going to be done in March, end of March. Um, March. But the, like the floor coverings won't be done yet. So uh, the contractor will turn it over to school in March sometime. And then my guess would be our business manager and superintendent will want to go in and do any of the finishing touches that weren't included in the project. So floor coverings are going to do the epoxy speckle flooring throughout because that's mm -hmm. what we have in our hallways. They want it to look all the same. Um, they're talking about some cabinetry possibly and, and some uh, tables and chairs that I heard was on the last last night's board meeting, which I don't know. I think they just brought it up. I don't know what they're going to do with it. Um, but yeah, so uh, I, I, my guess would be we won't be teaching in it this year um, until mm -hmm. next school year. Um, but that's okay. I think I, I'd rather I just, start off fresh. Yeah, I just would really <clears throat> like the kids to be here so we don't have to carry all of Yeah, no, over. we want we want to have access to it in May. So we have everything carried over there so we don't have oh, to. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> True. <Yeah>. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds so exciting. And uh, so I'll be certainly following you on Facebook, waiting for that moment where you'll maybe uh, do a ribbon cutting or a, some kind yeah. of a Facebook live of when you walk in the door or something like that. And yeah. it's an exciting moment for you guys. Um, and thank you for telling your story and being such a great advocate for agricultural education. If folks want to contact you too, um, uh, is it okay if I put your email in the show notes? Yep. 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 Great. Great. You can also follow along with the building of the Ag Learning Center on Facebook. That link will be in the show notes as well. Cassie and Matt, thank you for your time. Thank you very much. The Proud Rural Teacher Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Jessica Brogley, with the School of Education at the University of Wisconsin-Platteville. The theme music was created by undergraduate and secondary English education major, Simon Yan. Our commercials were recorded by the recently graduated and future science teacher, Max Fromelt, and the undergraduate STEM education major, Maddie Lund. Be sure to subscribe to the PRT podcast and visit us online at proudruralteacherpodcast.com. If you have an episode suggestion or feedback, please leave us a speak pipe message on our website. We want to hear your stories. Thanks for listening.